Ryan and I are working on a no holds barred match with story point being the trophy. Either Ryan can victoriously walk away with story points and throw them in a grinder and then burn what's ground up and then launch that directly into the sun. Or I triumphantly walk out with story points on my shoulders as I parade through the streets proclaiming the value that story points can bring. And he dumps and he dumps that flow stuff. (laughs) Entry music. It's the Bob and Josh show. You've heard about product led organizations, right? They sound pretty magical. Today, you're going to learn how to get there. We've all wrestled with the challenge of project organizations and some of the challenges, the death marches, everything that goes along with that. You don't need to suffer through that. Bob and I have suffered through that enough. And today, we're going to walk you through how to create a product-led organization. You'll hear about the challenges. It's really hard, but you can work through it. You have to be dedicated. We're going to show you how. And you know what? You could already know all this stuff. You could have watched our live stream when we just did the recording. You could be ahead of the game. Show up with us every Friday on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, whatever your favorite is. We're there. And you can get ahead of the game. You can know before everybody else knows what's releasing early next week. So why are you not doing that? Get the edge on the rest of your competition. Get the edge on your teammates be able to one-up somebody at lunch on Friday afternoon. Yeah, you got this. See you next week. What are we talking about today, Josh? We're talking about the difference or maybe the symbiotic nature, if there is such a thing between projects and products. Oh, my God. Did that hurt coming out? A little bit because I couldn't think of the word and I started to panic. Am I going to sit here for 10 minutes trying to figure out the word? Pull out a a symbiote. Oh my God. Yeah. Why don't we, why don't we start in maybe define, I'll hit project, you hit product. Okay. And then you add it, we add on to each other. So we create like a shared, so I'm a little biased Metacasters because I, most of my life, even though I have a real, a lot of the actual experience. I still think the majority of my life has been in project-centric organizations. And project, so what is project centricity? It's project plans, it's planning something up front. It's it's a part of waterfall, I guess, where you have a start date, you have an end date, a delivery date, you have a funding model associated with that where you fund projects, you staff projects. So you staff up. then then you you run the people and then you staff down you still may have teams but in the bean counters head you're staffing down and then moving resources usually resources are part of a project mentality or mindset in, in my in my history experience what else oh and then you move on one of the really nasty things about projects is you move to now we're done with this so if i have microsoft word version 10 and i run it as a project and then i move to my developing microsoft version 11 i have this view that we're done with 10 and we move everything to 11. so funding stops people stop people start funding starts and never the twain shall meet so that's that project mindset to me it's like 
project and we run things that way teams in a lot in a in some organizations teams are actually disbanded yeah i remember one agile team or one organization that said they were agile and then once i peeled the onion they were forming their agile teams on a story basis or an epic basis or something Whoa. right it was very quick and they were wondering why they weren't getting collaboration or they weren't getting like consistent results and i was really struggling josh and I was like, what's going on? What's going on? Because they looked sort of agilely on the surface. But then they were literally, they would instantiate a group. Whoever was available, it wasn't even a skill set match. If they thought we needed three people, they would slap three people onto StoryY. They would work on it for two weeks. And the minute it was done, they would then go back into the people pool <laughs> to, be, to be reformed onto the next story. And so it was just, there was no collaborative cohesion in the organization. So that to me is like project mindset with an agile wrapper or on a story basis. Yeah, I've seen very successful companies that operate in truly an agile manner, but they do trip all over themselves because there's this like one resource that does the one thing and that person gets bounced around from team to team to team and there's a dependency and it just becomes a mess. And to your point, they're trying to figure out why it's not working. It's because they don't have cohesive teams and there's no capability or capacity for those groups of people to begin working together well and the teams never liked it but they understood the re the reason you know the business reason behind yeah. it but it was weird because so few companies actually address the core issue to that problem they just keep moving people around and they get frustrated at things so on the other side of the coin is products and having a product centric view. And when I define product for a company, it is not the bits and bytes that we ship. It's not just the features. It's the entire experience that a customer has as they take part in our product. So the moment they see the first bit of marketing to when they call a salesperson to when they sign up and pay implementation using the actual product support offboarding, all of those things, that is the entire view of a product and the life cycle of that. And you are constantly refining that. And in opposition to the project, the project based version, it really gets down to this product lives and this product evolves and you build a core team that lives with that forever. And maybe over time, as you sunset that product, maybe the team starts to shrink or fall off or things like that, but it is long lived teams and you fund that product and it's not project or teams or anything else like that. It's like, we are funding what it takes to be successful in market with this product. And that's a very broad view. That's very different from, I need seven people to build this thing, to get it out by this date. And then we're done. And then you like wash your hands like, Hey, we did it. It's opposite, but it, re it requires more organizational discipline and diligence to be successful at that because you need a broad group of leaders across the organization to be in sync and to collaborate on the regular and your product creation system has to be 
much more rigorous in what it's producing, not just in the product itself, but in the accoutrements that go with it, be it the documentation and the onboarding videos and all of that, all of those go hand in hand with it. And it's more than just shipping code. It's launching a feature, launching a product and everything that goes into that where yes, projects will have that, but there's no reevaluation from release to release of how did we do last time? I shouldn't say there is none of it. It is less likely that it's going to happen that the retrospective that's needed to continually get better with how you launch things, it's less likely to happen in a project-based world because there's a new group of people that are working on it. And they have some sort of idea of what happened, but they don't live it and own it. So it's harder to really tie your past to the present. Well, there's the, there's the old fashioned back connecting to that point. There's the old fashioned, what was it? Uh, postmortem project postmortems oh, yeah, yeah. and people would write them up. I mean, I literally worked at a company where we, I, as a leader, I'm not proud of this, but I had binders behind me. I had binders of source code behind me and I had binders of results from our postmortems. Um, and, but we never did, we never took action on the post or very little action on the postmortems for one, one of the reasons is what you said is you, you might have a, a totally different group of people. So they may not be buying it. Uh, the other factor when I was at EMC years ago, so Dell now, but EMC, there was this like 30% carryover. It was, it was very, it was, it was very precise there, it was between 30 to 35% of a project from one project carried over to the next project. Uh, but we would, we would never account for it. So we would always staff and plan the projects at hundred percent capacity. So oh, we yeah. were always over capacity, like at 135%. Uh, well, when you're over capacity, 135% continuous improvement, you, I mean, you barely have time to fix the bugs that you didn't fix in the previous release or, or the redesign of the refactors. I mean, the bandaid refactoring. Uh, rather than do any continuous improvement. And and the bad thing is that that actually, I was there for like three years or something. That never changed. So it was always, we were always 35% over capacity, release to release to release. Uh, and and that just, you know, I'm not dinging on people, but that was just the reality. I, I think in product, you put a team together, you said so, like the maintenance burden, the ownership is continuous. Mm -hmm. to the degree someone could leave the team but it's for different reasons you really there is this to me in product there's this cradle to grave mentality uh i don't mean that to sound morbid and it's it's not that everyone is tied to it but there's sort of this ownership i own the the you know the the value i own the maintenance i own the refactoring uh there's almost like a general manager view like there's this balancing of, you know, future forward thinking things, valuation things, maintenance, keep the lights on things, refactoring things until you sunset it. But, and, and you want cohesion for that. Uh, and the team weighs in on that. Uh, there's a familiarity with the product. Do you buy that view of product? Yeah. That's sort of 100%. If you think about the project world versus the product world in the project world, you can count on one hand easily, probably just a couple of fingers, 
the number of people that are focused on the entire system as opposed to this little chunk. When you go with the product-based view, you have all of those folks that live with it. And the number of people that are thinking about the entirety of that system is much higher. So your capability to improve and adapt is multiplied just by the number of brains that are thinking about it. That yeah. does require a different kind of hire. In the project world, there are folks that prefer to work in that manner where I just like to build things. I don't want to be involved with the responsibility of, is this the right thing to build or not? I just want to build stuff. And that's my happy place. Cool. That will present a challenge in the product-based world where you need folks to really understand the business and how the company makes money and why the customers use our software, the value that they get from it so that those folks can be engaged and help make the best decisions for the product for the customer. And there's two different mindsets that are required. And if those mindsets are in the opposite spots, there's going to be a ton of frustration because it's just, you're asking folks to do things that are different than what they signed up for, which is one of those things when I come on board and do a agile transformation, there's always a, a move to a product-based view. And there are folks that didn't come to that company wanting to think or operate like that. And they like the way it is. So then you're just changing things and that creates frustration. And that's where you have to do a lot of coaching and help people maybe understand if this is part of the future or if not. And if not, then that's fine. You just help them find the right landing spot. I do think though that, um, and I'm, I'm channeling my EMC experience probably primarily here, which was heavily project-based. I do think it's a flawed model. Uh, so it's not just, oh, it's waterfall and agile's an evolutionary. I actually think waterfall can work. So you can build projects with waterfall and it can be fairly functional. I have experience in that, but this notion of what running at 140% capacity, ignoring the, the reality of maintaining software or continuity of engineers or continuity of customer value awareness, customer usage awareness, just ignoring that stuff and just having a sharp line. I, that's, that to me is incredibly flawed thinking, uh, even for waterfall. So I just want to put that out there, see how you respond to that. But I, I think that's a, that's a terrible model uh, to, to deliver value. Thoughts? I agree completely because I think the value that you deliver has a high likelihood of being less than what it could have been. Yeah. And I ultimately tie it back to organizational health. I think a lot of project-based companies end up that way because there is a lack of trust across the entire spectrum of the organization that, and that, oh, we don't trust the teams to make the right decisions and they'll never know the business like I do. And all of these various things that become self-fulfilling prophecies because you never give them the chance. And right. so that lack of trust builds this up where folks are just building what they're asked to build and they're gonna build it as best as they can because they're good people and they care about what they create and their craft but the value that ultimately makes it to the customer might be off because that 
disconnection from the value that we're shipping as a company. And I think, and I think I know having a healthy organization is harder than having a dysfunctional one. So that's mm -hmm. why you see fewer organizations that are capable of really operating in a product centric world because of the rigor and difficulty that is required to operate in that manner and the, yep. the communication that's required to make that happen and the willingness for everybody to be in at the same level, that's organizational health. And yep. that is not simple. That is not easy. And unfortunately it's more rare than it should be. So that's why so many companies end up in this project-based thing and even just funding. Think about the number of times you and I have been at talks and it's usually at larger companies where we give our talk and somebody raises their hand in the background and they say, oh, this sounds great, but how do you handle this when you're funded by project? Yep. The response is, well, you don't get funded by project. And like, oh, well, we can't do that. That's not how it works here and all of those things. And, but you have to fight the fight to begin to turn that tide. and that's daunting and that's difficult. And that's why so few companies operate in this manner. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about the people side, like you went into, it's like the empowerment. I think project level working and thinking, uh, is that order taking model from yeah. a people perspective. You don't, if I want people to own it, to get engaged, to have some responsibility and accountability on their own, pulling it to themselves to energize them, then then I think the product model can engender that. The project model takes that away. Uh, you're not, you're being told very often. I mean, it will remain nameless, but I was talking to a really good friend of mine the other day and they were doing an agile startup. So, so now they're agile. It's not, it's a large company that's doing agile, but it's a new project. And that uh, like multiple teams, they were given the end date, Josh, they were, they were given the scope, like, you know the company and this is 2000 what 22 almost 23 yeah. and, and my head wanted to explode i'm like the powerpoint so the leaders put together a powerpoint deck they talked about scope they they did their no team involvement whatsoever uh they got approval they have an end date they have scope it pops into the teams and everyone goes oh right it's like that's not doable right but it doesn't no one's listening it doesn't change the day and then you want you want everyone to own it yeah yeah we're gonna own it and and even if they fake it even if you see people running around and smiling you know and cashing their paychecks and being happy happy whatever happy order takers they're not they're not buying it they're they're not they're not they're going to give you they're going to give you exactly what the scope asked for they're not going to think at all etc and just it it just it's sort of the great what the the exodus of people even though the economy is changing you're not going to keep good people are not going to hang out for that kind of abuse uh when i was at emc it was sort of you know like baby boomers we were sort of programmed to tolerate abuse i guess right or, or our tolerance was high i think the tolerance has come down too you're not it's just not people-centric it's not prudent from a knowledge worker point of view it is uh, that's not, and, and go ahead. You know, there's one more thing I want to hit there. It's damaging to new entries into the workforce. 
Oh, yeah. Because they come into an environment like this. They maybe have heard of other ways that things happen, but what they live in that moment, to your point, it creates this very high tolerance for pain and suffering, and that becomes the norm. And so what that also unfortunately creates is a little bit of fear in willingness to leave and go find that thing because you've not been bred in that job to think outside the box. You've been bred to do what you're asked and you're not asked to leave. So there are some really, really good folks that I've worked with as part of these transformations where it just required us to open their eyes that what they lived in their current position or in their current position and previous, it doesn't have to be that way, but they unfortunately don't know a work life without that. So yeah, it's one of those things that they hear about, but they don't believe it can actually happen because the only environment that they have is this very flawed one. So it's damaging in a lot of ways and it really hinders young careers as people come in and that's all that they know. So it's a dangerous situation that creates a lot of problems in a lot of different directions. I agree. Why don't we switch? I want to, and you started this to talk about it, like how to move forward. Not that I want to put, not that I think we can even put together like a, here's a fix it plan, but what are the things, what are the things you have to address to move from project to product? You talked about funding models, and I think that's a key one. That's a key impediment that the funding models have to change. Have you seen a change? Like what, what is the go-to pattern? What does the, the go-to funding look like? Funding teams. And what I've done is I build those teams as black boxes where this is just a freaking rock star team that any problem we put in front of it, they are going to crush. And yes, there's areas where they're specialists and we probably want to feed them things like that. But we are funding this group of small or this small group of people that are great problem solvers that know our business, understand the products that we have and can crush things. The Even prior to the funding model, you have to have 100% buy-in from the executive team. Because as I mentioned, being a product-centric, product-led organization is harder because we're asking multiple parts of the organization to think across a broader spectrum than what they have in the past because they've been able to live just in marketing and yeah. or just in sales or just in support. And now what you end up doing is you end up pulling a team of leaders across that product together and you all are leading that product and that's more difficult. So there will be people that are frustrated, don't like it, don't want to be a part of it that will complain to the execs and the execs have to have that buy-in just like a transformation that, Hey, I hear you. I understand it's harder. We know it's harder, but we believe this is the best thing for us as a company. So step number one is that executive team has to, has to, has to, has to believe in this 100%. If not, don't even attempt because as soon as you start putting in that hard work, it's going to start to get dismantled from behind the scenes as people right, begin right. to let people off the hook of some of that hard work. 
And without that, it doesn't matter if you have the funding model right or everything else is perfect. It's ultimately going to fail over time because it is significantly more difficult to do this. But the reward in the end is drastically worth all of the effort and pain and suffering that goes into making it happen. So, so leadership, uh, transformation, adjustments. But I, I want to come back to funding models important. And you said something that really resonated with me. It's like team. I, I wrote a post a while back, quite a few years ago, and it was an epiphany for me, uh, like looking back over my thinking model. And I used to be resource thinking from a from a leadership point of view. I, I always had spreadsheets and I would staff projects. Metacasters, please don't think less of me. It's I I've changed. I honestly have tried to change, but I would have these spreadsheets. I would break people up in the spreadsheet as long as they rolled up to like 120% because it was always a stretch objective, Josh, right? Then I would feel like life is good. And I would take like 30% of Bob and 15% of Josh and plug it in. And I would do this sort of composition. Oh, we need 32 people for this thing. And I would, but I, I, you know, I might take 50 people and squish them in. So that's individual thinking or people thinking. And I start and I moved to team thinking and I called it the, the blog post is like arithmetic moving from, from individual arithmetic to team arithmetic in everything we do. So thinking in terms of how many teams would need to be applied to this, uh, how long does it take us to form a new team, to staff a new team? Right. Not an individual like like I can I can have a team. And if the team is eight people, it's not functional if I have five hired. <laughs> right. I don't start sort of incrementing value for them yet. Um, and so that's that. for, And then bringing that thinking in our planning and bringing that to our forecasting, if you will, is what is what resonated with me with you is is moving to that team thinking model, team funding model. Uh, and when we're, when we're funding portfolios, when we're funding uh, products. Yeah, your uh, smallest unit of measure is a team at that point. Yeah, and I've even yeah. gone so far as to associate bonuses with team performance and very little with individuals. And even at one point, 0% based on the individual and 100% by the team, where the team voted. And they voted on a one to five scale of how well they think they did in that quarter or year or whatever it was. And then that became the multiplier for the bonus again, but yes. that took really in tune and in touch folks to understand how they were doing and to honestly vote because it like, this is money in or out of their pocket. But it was one of those things that they used to drive their improvement. Yes, they just wanted to improve, but that was one of the things like, hey, we have the capability to, as we improve, give ourselves more money. It's a unique space to be in, to be in control of that 100%. And that group found it very freeing. Now, I'd never told HR that because HR probably wouldn't like it, but I knew that is what was right for us and who we were aspiring to be. But it's still like you think about funding models and all of that stuff that that even goes even further. So yep. again, the smallest unit of measure now becomes a team and you can't let anybody slice and dice a single human into three parts to go on different teams because that's just that's 
ridiculous. Now, I've, David brought up establishing value streams and that he made that comment. And I was going to go there next. So another part of the movement to me, so there's this teaming movement, individuals to team and, and longer lived teams, right? Going back, long lived teams, but we have to align them with products or value streams or something. Now that's a, I've seen a, a big challenge, mostly in IT shops. I do so, a reasonable amount of coaching in IT you know, sort of IT technology shops where an IT team has created and is supporting, let's say, 100 apps for an organization, for a large-scale organization. And that's what they have. So they have a project-level model and they spin up projects to, I don't know, change or support or update apps, applications. And these apps, you know, are running business processes and things like that. And then now we fly in as agile coaches and the answer is value stream. I agree with that. Or identifying the you know aligning teams and their skills with the with the the products, but how do you how do you form how do you take those hundred things and form value streams? It's I, I, at least in my experience, it's non-trivial for an organization to retarget projects. Sometimes I've seen organizations take a year or two to fully retarget their app set, their project set to value streams. And it just takes time and there's a migration or there's a, I, I don't know, there's just a speed bump of doing, it's not easy. Uh, it's necessary. It's not easy. The other thing that surfaces is skill set gaps, right? Very often what I see in organizations is they don't have enough people in certain areas, which is another drag, right? They don't understand the apps very well. So you have to normalize your skill sets. And th this is a problem anyway, but, but it's, it's it's not an easy plan or not an easy migration so so yes the answer is move to pro you need product you need to move from projects to you need products or and or value streams that's inclusive of them but maybe be patient with yourself as you as you bite those things off what's your experience you can't allow yourself to fall into the trap of we have that one team that has that one specialty that does a thing uh, because then they become a bottleneck and the hard work you have to do to prevent that is to go through the hiring process to build teams that have everything they need to be successful in a work effort within your organization and not allow yourself to fall into the trap of oh it's hard to find devops folks yep kind of common so we're gonna have a devops team and then there becomes a bottleneck with that DevOps team, as opposed to having a DevOps leader, but having those DevOps skills built within each squad that's there so that they can, to your point, from cradle to grave, from concept to deployment, they can do it all without external dependencies. That's hard for very, like the reality of physics in the world today just the amount of people with a certain skill set that have done yep. the thing that have a knowledge or a willingness to go learn it. That's, there's just, it's a physics problem. You don't have enough of what you need. So oftentimes rather than fighting through people end up just rolling up the white flag and saying, well, we're going to have a blah, blah, blah team. I've seen a lot of like API teams or backend teams and those types of things, or like a database team where, that is just accepted that we're not going to be able to do better than that. And in reality, you can, 
I'm not saying it's easy and it's going to be a flip of a switch, but as you can evolve towards that over time, things will get better. But so many people just throw their hands up and stop and say, yep, that's, we're just going to have a team like this. And that's just the way it is. And I come in and say, yeah, that's how it is, but it's not how it has to be. We can, right. we can fix this problem. We can change it. And right. then you get the roll of the eyes of like, oh, we tried and it can't be blah, blah, blah. And, okay, cool. Well, we're going to give it another shot and here's some different approaches we're going to take. One of the things I, I usually tell people, and this is something I've done myself, which is a challenge, has been a challenge for me. So what's your perspective? Do I move to product, a product-based organization? Do I move with, so what's my initial thinking model? Is it the teams I have and the skills I have, or is it the best alignment of products to value? And a lot of organizations move, they look at their current managers. I have UI managers that are leading these teams and they look at that and then that, so what comes first, the chicken or the egg? So is it org structure? Or is it the best product alignment and then fitting the org structure, if you will, to that? I think I usually advise lead with product and then align with teams to the best of your ability. And again, it's evolutionary. It may take you, there may be iterations to this strategy. There may be skills you don't have. But but another way of saying it in a short way is let drive with product rather than drive with your technology structure. And I see so many organizations that drive with technologies. So the prime directive is the structure. What do you think? 100% agree because they end up getting paralyzed because they never get to that point where they have that perfect structure. The approach you're saying gets you started and it's not perfect. And everybody knows that, but you're going to be forced to evolve over there and learn some of those lessons. Yeah. You know, in the agile world, we always talk about it's better to get the feedback as soon as possible and get that feedback from your org organization, the way you think the org yep. might need to be shaped to make yep. that happen might actually be different than reality. But the only way you're going to find that out is if you start doing things. So if you wait until you get the org shaped perfectly, uh, number one, you probably missed. And number two, it's been N number of months and people just start asking that question of, are we ever going to do this? You know, I've yep. places where like, that's a thing where, We've been talking about doing a thing for years and we never actually going to take it. So the organization just doesn't buy into it anymore. And then you've really lost the game. Yeah, absolutely. I had a thought and I lost it, but I did have another note like the going forward. And it's more of a question for you and anyone, anyone listening. Uh, so PMOs, the, 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 the ever loving PMO, to me, is a project-driven artifact. And I don't even know if I want to say Agile PMO. I did, There, I just said it. Uh, so, so, you know, but do we need PMOs in this? Are they, part, are they part of the solution, part of the problem, something else? I might weigh in. You know that commitment we said, Josh, of not, not waffling, right? Because uh, I could waffle on this one. But I'd say I think PMOs are part of the problem. If we're going to product, it's like let product drive almost get rid of the PMO. Maybe it's an artifact to manage the streams while you're in evolution, but at some point, get rid of that thing. What do you think? Anyone? PMOs? Part of the problem? In their current incantation, yes. If you're doing a product-led organization, there's value in some traditional 
project management across all of the streams of work that have to happen to yep. get a product out the door. And I've tried to do that with product managers and have them own not just the delivery of the features, but the delivery of the product out and into the wild. And if your product's big enough, that's, that can't be a single person job. So I found value in what we ended up calling like a, a product ops team. Yeah. That would have ah, okay. operational bits of, yes, we're building the software with this feature. We're working on the marketing. We have that done. We're getting ready to launch this feature. All of those different yep. things that there's a ton yep. that's going on that the bigger and badder that your product is, the more likely that it's not going to be doable by a single human, which I usually tie that to a product manager. And with a small enough product, they end up being able to manage that across the board. But as it grows or velocity grows, it's going to be hard to keep that up. And having somebody being able to juggle all of those plates comes helpful. So that's, it's like PMO-esque, but still at the behest of the product. I see David, I think he said reimagined. He says existing PMO needs to be remained. Uh, Triple says something, portfolio needs to be managed. Someone needs to keep an eye on the big picture. I agree with all of those things. I, I don't know if they need to be, maybe it's reimagined in the PMO and we get rid of the project notion. Oh, or you reimagine it in the product side, if you will. So we need all of that guidance stuff, that 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 vision stuff, that big picture stuff. Uh, but but an existing PMO has inertia, like it's very so. And I don't know. I, I don't want to fire people. I guess, but can we reprogram them to get rid of the project bits and to become more product centric? But by definition, it's leaning into the product, the product side of the organization. Thanks for the feedback, everyone. I want to go back to, I want to come back to a, a comment that I just, I'm trying to highlight some comments. Triple said something earlier that just made me smile. And then, and then, a, a, you know, something ran down the back of my neck. He's, he said, yikes, individual vo velocity is even worse. Did you see that, Josh? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I, I wonder if anyone is measuring individual velocity today. I mean, I, Oh my God, that would be like hell on earth. Can you imagine? I mean, it's it's like the stuff I was doing in spreadsheets and slicing people up. Like I'm going to have an arm and an eyeball testing this app and then, and then a brain over here. Like I was slicing people up and then like measuring individual performance. Oh my gosh. I, I hope not. I once worked for a person that aspired to operate like that and tried to pull me into that realm and I just kicking and screaming and it was just like this is just wrong <laughs> it's just wrong it, it's exactly like how do you it's not even worth it's not worth discussing it's yeah. just like no don't do that right <laughs> like holding guns backwards it's just wrong yeah. <laughs> don't do it I don't know um I wanted to bring the PMO into play I think wait are we missing anything about the going forward. I think we've covered organizational structure, PMOs, funding models, team structures, alignment yeah, going we, forward. We, we brushed over the things that you need to do, but you need to allocate yourself six months to a year to be able to make that happen, to be able to transform the organization to operate in that manner. And for them to operate in that manner, 
you have to change mindsets and views of the world. And that's a challenging thing to do across the board, because again, it does add additional responsibility to everyone because they aren't thinking about just what their core functionality has to do within the organization, but now they are arm in arm with their peers marching forward at the same time. And yes, as an individual, you could probably run faster if you're not tethered to somebody, but if you have a single person running at a group running arm in arm, you know that group's going to win. So that's a, there's a lot of effort that goes into making that happen. And I've had success doing it, but it, it did come with the 100% requirement that the executives wanted it to happen. They entrusted me to make it happen and supported me across the board as I pushed these difficult changes across the organization. And then finally, just over time, it took us about nine months to get to that spot. And again, we went that path where we didn't have all the roles that were in the right spot, but we said, this is who we are now. And then I hired in the product managers and the leaders that were needed to go make that happen. But again, you've got to allocate yourself the time to grow that mindset across the organization. I'd say make it a strategic initiative. Like, like I'm going to not disagree with you. Your six to nine months or 12 months is, is your context. I've seen, I, I've seen clients. I've had, I have a client. Uh, they've been working on it for three years now, very large scale it shop. And they're not, they're not shy. They're not, but they're, they're strategic. It's part of their strategic initiatives of how they're unfolding it. I mean, it's organizational change. Uh, Triple talked about changing leadership, like cutting leaders, getting the right leaders in that doesn't happen overnight. So I think depending on the size of the organization, the tenure, the inertia in the organization, uh, it can take a long time. I think you need to have a relentless strategy and a relentlessness to keep continuing to do it. It's a goal. I think that the the client I'm talking about, they'll probably land it in some really solid incarnation after four years. Uh, But just the size of the environment, uh, the, the number of apps. The other thing is bringing your clients along. We haven't talked about that. It's like, we can say that we're going to be a product organization, but those products have to be translated to real users. It has to make sense to the clients. And not all of that combinations, you know, you're not going to sell that overnight because they're used to a project. Hey, I get my request in and I get it on this date and I'm a high priority client. So changing their mindset. So they have to like be part of an ecosystem. So it's not just a technology play or a product play. It's an organizational play. All I was trying to say there, though, is that I don't think there's a magic number. Yeah. yeah to your point, leadership alignment meant a relentless strategy towards it. And you have to be really dogged about it. So, bottom line, you're not going to get it done in less than six months. Depending on the size of your organization, that's going to extend out months yep. and or years. Yep. Uh, yep. One of the things, speaking of customers, that as we made this switch, customers actually felt more engaged because yeah. we had true product thinking across yeah. the entire company so we would have those informed discussions with members of our customer base as we were building out roadmaps and things like that across the board so they yep. actually felt more a part of it yes there are always those 
large enterprise customers that think what they say happens and should happen because they're paying X amount of money and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, without a doubt across the board, everybody as a customer base loved the moves that we were making because they felt more heard. They felt more engaged, which led them to confidence with within our product and our portfolio so that changed things for us across the portfolio because they then understood like oh wait this is going to happen for the six other products that you have okay i'm excited about those maybe maybe i'm going to buy some more of those because of the precedent that you're setting here with this product so it opened a ton of doors for us that's where that value comes in from all the effort that you put in to make it happen absolutely I mean, there's that notion, think about a project mindset from their point of view. Oh, if I don't make this, re- if I don't get yeah. this this request in here, I'm going to have to wait a year. I'm going to have to wait another six months until I can justify another project. No, it's a stream. It's a value stream. You're absolutely, but it's how we, how we unfold that, how we communicate that. Josh, stick Robert, a fork in it. I think, I think, I think all right. Hey, Metacasters, thank you. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, well, cold. Cary, North Carolina. Um, and, and very windy Fuquay Arena, North Carolina. I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And be. Take care, y'all. <laughs>